ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the podcast that Patrick Swayze, Demi Moore, and the Righteous Brothers all don't want you to hear. It's Monkeys and Playbills, y'all! Oh, welcome back, everybody! What, what? We're back! Oh, wow. We had a nice break. Two years, eh? Since we've done this? It's been... Hard to believe. It's been ages. It's been... When? I think I have a gray hair now. Oh, I've got a a big, like... What's the word? Like a sea captain's beard? Sea captain's beard, like a... Who's the guy who slept for hundreds hundreds of years? Rip Van Winkle. I've got like a Rip Van Winkle-style beard. Daphne's wearing glasses to show that time has passed. Yeah. Oh, was that Hello. producer Daphne Finlayson on the mic? Hi. Well, that's Daphne. I'm Paul DeGurse. And I'm Jillian Willems. Hi, Jill. Hey, Paul. And we're here to talk about musicals that ran 100 performances or fewer on Broadway. And what the heck happened? We are so excited to be back, so excited that we decided to, for our first episode back, cover a musical that ran over 100 performances on Broadway. (gasps) That's illegal! That's, I know, we've had, (laughs) I'm sure we're going to receive many complaints from our fans, from listeners of the show that we're not following our rules. Yeah. To that I say, we want to cover shows that you want to hear about. Yeah. (laughs) So, we're going to cover this because it was still a flop, even though it ran over 100 performances. If you didn't already know... This musical is invisible. You can't see it. Can't see it. That's probably why it didn't run very long. Because you can't see it. (laughs) (laughs) You can sometimes, if you hold a seance, you might get a few few snippets of songs. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about Ghost, the musical. 2011-ish. Yeah? Great. 12, officially, but yes. Totally. It is exciting to be here. Before we get into this, we've got a little bit of... Welcome back, Biz. Oh, we I need love to it. Cover. Welcome back. Let's give it a go. <laughs> so Broadway is back. Yes, it's so good. <laughs> um, Daphne, if we could put like an, a very fanfare. epic fanfare yeah, here, yeah. that would be uh, that would be great. Thank you. Hold on, I'll give you a put it here. Wow, that sounded great. Oh, beautiful. It's very exciting. Our dear friend Andrea Macassette had her Broadway premiere finally Woo-hoo, in Six the Musical. Couldn't be happier. Couldn't be happier about all these shows coming back. Mm-hmm. Jeez, y'all, if you find your way over to New York at some point, go see a Broadway show. Yes. Go give a COVID safe high five to a Broadway performer. Please. Absolutely. If they want. If they, <laughs> if they, are, if they are consenting to that. <laughs> Honestly, it feels like... A really optimistic time, and I couldn't be happier. I agree. I'm also excited because the return of Broadway means possibly the return of shows that may not run for very long, (laughs) and thus will give us an opportunity to talk about them. Like, we hate to be excited by that (laughs) prospect because, of course, we would love for people to be long employed. But as we've discussed, the fact that a show did not run very long on Broadway, as we document on this podcast, does not mean it's a bad show and does not even mean it can't be a success. Totally agree. Should we get into it? I think so. Woo. Ghost the Musical. Previews began at the Lundfontaine Theatre on March 15th, 2012. It opened on April 23rd, 2012, and it closed on August 18th, 2012, after 39 previews, it's a lot of previews, yep. and 136 performances making it solidly a one that got away for yes. us. So we call a musical between 100 and 150 performances. Um, based on our official mandate, we can't actually cover it, but our board of directors has greenlit, uh, <laughs> greenlit this as something that we are allowed to cover just for you, the fans. So, Paul. Yes. 
We know this is a movie, right? Oh, yeah. Great movie. 1990. Sexy movie. So sexy. Movie involving uh, Demi Moore in overalls. Involves yeah. Patrick Swayze shirtless. With like light, light chest hair. Absolutely. Just like enough chest Not a lot, but hair. a little. Perfect amount of chest the hair. The right amount and uh, lots of pottery. Is this the sexiest movie of the uh, late 80s, early 90s? One of, I'm uh, sure. I'm sure, absolutely. Yeah. Have you seen this movie? I, I watched it. Yeah, I knew you were going to. Yeah. I, I actually watched it last night. Did you like it? Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Fair! <laughs> yes and no. Yep. Yes and no. I liked a lot about it. Yeah. I did. But I, I'm afraid to get too into it because I think some of the things I liked about it, I liked about the musical and then same thing goes. So I don't want to get too Absolutely. deep in. Really quick though. What did you think of Swayze? Yeah, Swayze's great. Like, you know. Great. What an incredible He pulled a he few was. faces that I was like, oh, that's a very 90s take on like yeah. acting but <laughs> but it was good it was nice and i could see how um he would have had a lot of fans like around that time you absolutely know? yeah how do you like to me yeah she's good she's like simple performance just good yeah wow, like wow wow wow, wow. <laughs> how did you like Whoopi? extra like, wow. she was really extra like i think i'm seeing why you didn't love this movie <laughs> yeah i yeah, again, I okay. feel like we'll get super into this when we totally. talk about it, but yeah. I, I thought everyone did a like a, a good job. Mm-hmm. And again, if I might have seen it in 1990, I might have had stronger feelings about it, but watching it, you know, 30, what is it, 31 years later? Something like that, yeah. Like I just, yeah, it's a lot. That's very fair. Should we talk about a synopsis for this musical? I think so, yes. So this is a synopsis of the musical, Lucky for You, the fans. The plot of this musical sticks pretty close to the movie, all yeah. told. Mm-hmm. All right, let me see what I can do. So the musical starts with a blank stage, and <laughs> sorry for the sorry. Because you could say that you could say that like eight out of ten synopses yeah. and be right. Oh, can you imagine a musical that didn't start with a blank stage? Though you get there and the musical's already going on. And, okay, You're late. Okay, <laughs> Carter, you know what? Okay, hold on. Okay. Can we just pause? I'm sorry, we have to pause so I can make a note of this. Okay, I have a surprise for you for later. <laughs> okay. All right. So it starts sorry. with a blank stage. Yep. And truth be told, the stage itself stays blank for most of the performance. Actually, yes, you're right. What? Why is that? There's barely any set. That's weird for a Broadway show. It's very weird. Because then these projections start and they just look dope. It looks like the the best 3D movie you've ever seen. You know what I mean? Where it looks like kind of janky CG, Mm -hmm. but on stage, that's just a cool thing. Yes. We start with this guy, Sam, and his girlfriend, whose name is Molly. They're moving into an apartment. They're moving into a new apartment together. They're very much in love, and they've got a bud. They've got a bud named Carl. Yes, Carl. Um, Carl is hitting on Molly all the time, even though her boyfriend is right there, and they're (laughs) in the process of moving in together. And uh, Molly and Sam are both like, "Ah, no, you stop oh, that. Carl. As opposed to, yeah. please get out of my house. That was really inappropriate <laughs> and made me feel uncomfortable. We're not getting Chinese food anymore. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so eventually, Carl does leave. You get the sense they're all buds. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all good friends. Carl leaves and Molly and Sam kind of have a moment together. Yes. They have a moment together where Molly's like, oh, I, I love our new place and I love you. And Sam is like... That's great. I think you're nice. Yeah, I think ditto. You, says ditto. Exactly. Okay, so then what happens? Sexy. 
Oh, it's sexy. It's sexy. They make out on the couch. Yeah. Uh, Molly's okay with the ditto, at least for this moment. Yeah, she's they like, hook that's up all the, I need. They hook up on the couch and they start to take off their clothes and then it switches to projection. Mm-hmm. And this is the point I believe you texted me and you were like, heads up, the first 10 minutes yeah. are really hot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was like, Kate, roger that. And sure enough, they yeah, were. I was right. It's okay. Don't worry, parents. It doesn't stay sexy for long. Yeah. Because then we start to talk about business. Yeah, it's just butts and then business. It's butts then business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I believe was the original title for this um movie for yeah, the movie but, was butts, butts in business, and business the patrick swayze story getting down to business a tale of double entendres <laughs> <laughs> so sam goes to work at the business factory where he works yes. with carl <laughs> where they make lined paper, they make and lined paper exactly <laughs> do a tank and he notices there's yeah. there's a problem at the business factory yeah um in the money, that, it's actually a money factory is that actually what they're it is they're involved in finance is in some way so they, he went to he went to work at the money factory and yeah. notices there isn't enough money yeah <laughs> um he's like well that's weird there's usually enough money at the money factory yeah but there's not oh well i've got to go on a date with molly my incredible girlfriend who yes. i like yeah um <laughs> i strong like who i strong like yeah <laughs> so they they're they're at dinner and they're having a grand old time mm-hmm. and molly says to him says hey it's kind of weird that you never say i love you when i say i love you yeah. we live together we just hooked up for like the 200th time the other night. In front of everyone. In front of everyone. Everyone in this theater <laughs> saw stage. it happen. We have to assume. Yeah. Like, why won't you say I love you? Um, and Sam's like, oh, you don't need me to say it, babe. Don't worry about it. And, and actually, like, there's a nice little song in there, right? Well, where he's a, like. a really nice song. Uh, isn't that the song where he's like, I say I love you by doing things? Yeah, or doing, and he absolutely. Names some he lists stuff. all it's the nice sweet. things he does. So yeah. let it be known that they are very much in love. Yes. Sam feels weird about the word, but he is a good partner is what we, um, is what we assume. <laughs> And it's a good thing he is because then they leave the restaurant and they're mm-hmm. walking home and they get stopped by a mugger. Yes. Um, and the mugger's like, give me your wallet. And Sam's like, no, I don't want to. He's like, give me your wallet. I don't want to. And eventually the mugger shoots Sam and Sam dies. Yep. Um, end of show. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you for coming. <laughs> yeah. No. Instead, we see Sam stand back up, but no one can see him or hear him. Yeah. He's yelling. He's freaking out. He doesn't know what's going on. Then does he run to the subway? He runs to follow after the person who just shot him. Yes, totally. And that's when we realize, oh, Sam's not actually alive anymore. Yeah. He's some kind of an apparition or a spirit or a... (laughs) Or a, oh, what's the other word for it? zombie? Close. It'll come to me. You'll figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So then it's cut to the morgue, I think. He's in a hospital morgue. Yeah. And he's like, what am I doing here? This is wild. Yeah. And he runs into... Another person mm-hmm. who reveals that this person is also a spirit or an apparition. Yes. And he teaches him a word. He says, you're a ghost. <gasps> Which is a word that this musical coined. I'm so glad you remembered the Absolutely. word. Absolutely. Yep, totally. Yeah. Um, the first use of the word ghost. Ever recorded. Was. Um, 1990s. Well, it's actually this ghost. musical. I mean, the movie was called <laughs> Ghost, so I guess it's that. But they never said the word ghost in it. So this is the first time. First use of the word ghost. I believe. If this is wrong, <laughs> we don't care. Sorry. Was that producer Daff? <laughs> I just, I don't think we could, it's fine. <laughs> you, I'll, I'll talk to standards and practices about our wild claims about yeah. <laughs> Ghost the Musical coining the term ghost. We decided if we can't do a lot of research, we're going to do no research. Yeah, exactly. One or the other. The hospital ghost teaches him about what it's like to be a ghost and like explains it to him. He's like, this isn't hell. This isn't heaven. Yeah. You're, um, you're here. You've got some unfinished. We're all here because we have unfinished business. There's ghosts everywhere. It's kind of a Sixth Sense type deal. They're everywhere. They've all got unfinished business. At some point, I can't remember the series of events practically right now, but mm-hmm. 
Carl, their friend, is yeah. already moving in on Molly. Yes. Um, he's getting in. He, he has wasted no time in hitting on her again. Yeah. Yeah. And Sam finds his way over to a um, like a medium. Oh yes, yes. Right. Is that, that's what happens now. Yes. Go, yeah. To a clairvoyant. To a medium. And, and I he, think he goes there to just watch because he doesn't seem to believe in it. The medium. This is the character that's played by Whoopi Goldberg in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, sings a a real fun song about yes. um, being a medium to her the client that she's seen. Yep. But then it turns out that. Sam can actually communicate with her. Yes. Um, she actually is a medium, even though she doesn't realize it. Mm-hmm. And he's able to speak with her. Yeah. So he's like, oh, shit, someone can understand me. This is great. Listen, I need your help. Someone killed me, and I don't know why I'm here. My um, my perp- I have some kind of purpose to be here, but I don't know why. The medium's like, hey, fair enough. Let's go see your wife, Molly. Yeah. I think by this time, he knows that Molly is in danger. Molly's in, he's found out Molly's in danger because he went to go see the guy who killed him. Yes, he At followed At some point him. before the medium, he followed yeah. the guy who killed him and it's revealed that it wasn't an accident. Yes. This guy was hired to kill Sam and he's also going to try to kill Molly because he wants some of the money from the business factory. He's involved with the missing money from the business factory. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Like, I think, I think before Sam dies, Sam finds an error, which is sort of what you alluded to. Yeah. Finds an error in one of the money documents yep, or accounts. Totally. Starts to discover that, but someone is like, we, we need your account number so we can make sure you don't right. discover more and then dead. Yeah. So this is, this is the plot. The plot is fully in action now yeah. <laughs> where um, this, uh, this bad guy, Willie, mm-hmm. is um, looking to kill Molly and get the account number or whatever the case yeah, may be. Like and that. Sam is, uh, wants to stop him because he's a ghost, so he knows what's going on. Yeah. But he can only communicate through, um, through Otome, who's the medium. So Otome and Sam go to see Molly. Yeah. And Otome's like, hey, your husband told me to come here. Um, he's dead, but he can speak through me. He's a ghost. Yeah. And uh, Molly goes, what does that mean? And yeah. um, Otome goes, well, it's uh, like a, a dead spirit yeah. that you can see through and you can't hear, but I can because, hear some immediately. Yeah, because no one knows what And the she goes, oh, what a cool means. new term. I'm going to use yeah. that from now on. Yeah, and, I like it. Yeah. It describes a lot. And, exactly. <laughs> and she said, well, despite that, despite that cool new term, I think you're full of shit. Um, yes. I don't, that doesn't make any sense. That's impossible. Yeah. And Otome goes, um, he said to say that he, uh, he loves you. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, that, he doesn't say that. That's, yeah. I know you're lying now. And we see Sam, who's a ghost. He's like, oh, shit, no, tell her, uh, tell her ditto. Say ditto. Yeah. Um, and so the medium, uh, Otome, is like, ditto? What does ditto mean? And Molly's like, wait, what? Which I think is a wonderful reveal, but we can talk more about Absolutely. that later. So using Otome, Sam, like, tells her, I was murdered. Mm-hmm. This is a weird situation. You better be careful. And then Sam goes back to Willie's place. Goes back to yes. Willie the murderer's place. Because here we're getting to the end of Act 1. Mm-hmm. Sam goes back to Willie's place and... Finds out that Willie was hired by none other than Carl, the skeezy best friend. <gasps> Carl, um, Carl Carl's dare, the actual sir. bad guy. End of Act One. So Otome and uh, Molly have gone to the police station, um, but when they get to the police station, it's like it's revealed that Otome actually had a criminal record as well. Yes. And Molly's like, "Okay, no, you're actually full of shit. I can't do this." Yeah. And walks off. Oh, there's been a few moments now where um, Molly has just sang big old songs about how she's feeling and how sad she is. Big songs. And big old song, big old voice. Um, it's yeah. a lot. Then we get, we've had, in the beginning of the show, we've had a few moments where um, Sam sings uh, the Righteous Brother song, Unchained Melody. Yes. Oh, my love, my darling. Um, everyone in the audience goes, oh, ho, ho, I remember the I movie. I know this one. Am this I supposed to sing along the now? <laughs> <laughs> Pam from North Carolina is like, Oh, oh my love. <laughs> <laughs> so 
<laughs> the usher tells Pam to quiet down, and we find ourselves in the middle of Act Two, <laughs> where Molly turns on the radio and the song's playing, Ugh. and she's like, "Oh." I'm so sad this is the song that Sam used to sing to me. Yeah. I'm just going to sad listen to this and make some pottery because she's an artist. She's a potter. Yes. I'm just going to yeah. sad listen to this and sit in my overalls and make some pottery. Yeah. And so she's sitting there sad making pottery and listening to um, Unchained Melody. Mm-hmm. And um, Sam the ghost comes behind her and like helps her make the pottery. Yeah. And it's really sexy and it's yeah. really cool. And even though he's a ghost, so she can't feel him, mm-hmm. it starts to feel like maybe she almost does. Right. And um, Pam in the audience is like, oh, hello. Yeah. Oh. feelings and stuff. She has There felt. wasn't enough Absolutely. butts before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, see, these are better butts because this is like implied butts implied rather than butts. actual butts. Oh, we love Ooh. an implied butt. <laughs> <laughs> but then the door, the door, there's a knock on the door. Mm, um, yes. So the, um, the sexy time is over. So quickly um, interrupted. Molly has no idea what happened. And who is at the door, Paul? Carl, right? It's Carl! Yeah. With Chinese... I'm just kidding. No, Imagine if he brought Chinese food. It, but no. it, but he, he basically did, because yeah. he gets there and um, he's like, what were you talking about before? That like things were all messed up and it seems like um, yeah. maybe Sam was murdered. And Molly's like, I didn't know what I was talking about. It's all yeah. good. It's Come all on BS. In. Let's, yeah. uh, let's hang out as, uh, as friends. And Carl's like, absolutely. Let's hang out as more than friends. Yeah. I heard you completely. I heard you very well. Yeah. So they do that and... In the meantime, Sam's very grumpy about this, obviously. Mm-hmm. So he goes off. Then he's in the subway. He's in the subway and he meets another ghost. And the rapping ghost teaches him how to move things with his ghost powers. Yes. Um, teaches him that he has ghost powers. I'm assuming it's like Mr. Miyagi. So without these powers in mind, mm-hmm. Sam is like, all right, I'm going to go deal with Willie, the guy who killed me. Yeah. And him and Willie have an altercation in the rain, in the street in the rain. And um, Willie accidentally dies. Yes. Sam didn't set out to kill him. But um, isn't too broken up that he accidentally killed him yep. by freaking him out. Then he runs into traffic and he dies. And this is the point in the movie. Dementors come and take him away, right? Correct. There's no Dementors in this. There's no Dementors um, in this But they're musical. like implied Dementors. So Willie Hellish gets taken to, taken to hell by um, Dementors that we don't see but we know are there, are there yes. from the movie. And then it's time to wrap it up, right? Pretty much. Pretty much. Oh, the last 15 minutes take place very quickly. They do. Otome and Sam go back to the apartment and Otome is like, oh, hey, by the way, you could actually like just possess me and use my body to do whatever. So Sam's like, okay, great. So he possesses her and uses that to dance with Molly. Molly's on board again. Molly's on board that this is Sam. That's actually at the very, very end. The very so end. So we're I'm... missing the no, part missing? where Otome and Sam go to the bank to close that account. Yes. I think this is the oh, beginning that's of our dating Oh, that's a big thing. Yeah. Oh, this is also where the musical starts to be not as good for me because this takes so Ooh, long. Yes. And Otome sings for like two hours because she gets a check for like, what is it? $20 Ten million. $10 million. $10 million. Yeah. And is like, there's nothing preventing me from walking out right now with this check. Yeah. And sings about it for 10 minutes and we only have 10 minutes left in the musical. She sings about it for 10 minutes and then instantly Sam is like, actually, no, that would be wrong. You should yes. do the right thing. And she goes, oh, okay. And that's, and that's, that's that problem solved. Then they go to the apartment. Yeah. Then they dance. They dance before the very end. Do they dance before um, Sam haunts Carl at the office? I thought the dance so was like the last. You're totally right. Thing, the very last. Yeah, thing. he goes and haunts um, Carl at the office for a yeah. bit, and it's like, meh. Then they go to the apartment. Then, then they, they go, go to the, the apartment. apartment. They dance. Sam as Otome dances with Molly. Mm-hmm. Carl comes in and goes, "You, I would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for you crazy kids and your meddling ghost." Um, <laughs> <laughs> right? That's how it goes. <laughs> Isn't and that Scooby-Doo? Yes, correct. Okay. That's, that's, that's what I was doing. I was doing a Scooby-Doo. <laughs> um, and then Carl gets accidentally killed in a scuffle. Yeah. Um, and gets taken away by Dementors. Yeah. And 
then Sam is like, oh, geez, that's my, my purpose is done here. Yes. I should probably be um, taken away by, no, I'm not going to get taken away by Dementors because I'm going to heaven. But right. I think I'm going to, I'm going to die now. I love you. Goodbye. Yeah. And it's sad. And that's the end. He's dead. I know. Yeah. So that's, that's Ghost the Musical. Yeah. It's not unlike Ghost the Movie. I've only seen Ghost the Movie once. I don't like it because I don't like stories about people who die and then other people are sad about it. Right. That's a terrible thing to happen. Yeah. When it happens in real life. Yeah. I don't want to watch that. Yeah. So right. that's my hot take on Ghost. There you go. <laughs> Thank you very much. So if you wanted to license this show. Yes. <laughs> um, so stageagent.com markets this musical using the following blurb. Longtime couple Sam and Molly are happily in love and living together in Brooklyn. Walking back to their apartment one night, they are mugged at gunpoint, yep. leaving Sam murdered on a dark street. Sam is trapped between this world and the next as a ghost, there's the word we love, yeah. and unable to leave Molly, who he quickly learns is in grave danger. With the help of a storefront psychic named Odame Brown, Sam yep. tries to communicate with Molly in the hope of protecting her. Much more succinct than what I said. Yeah. <laughs> Is also, that's the idea. But we miss, I mean, it does hint at things to come, yeah. um, but it obviously doesn't get into the intricacies of why Molly needs um, protecting. This kind of a story isn't really a story that gets told anymore in movies or in musicals. No. This kind of high concept, but the stakes are still relatively low. You know what I mean? The world isn't at stake. The Yeah. His, his afterlife is never really at stake. There's never like... That's true. In a, in a, in a different story, it would have been like, oh, or you'll be banished to... Yeah, you, the Dementors will come for, for you. The yeah. will come for you. And that's never really a thing. That's true. Should we talk about whether this musical is good or not? Oh, let's do it. All right, here we go. A little bit of background yep. on this production. Yes, please. So... Uh, we all have discussed now that it was a movie. Yep. And if you didn't know that, goodbye. <laughs> yeah. no, I'm just kidding. If you didn't uh, know that, go watch it. Go it's watch actually, it. It's okay. Although you Sweezy's do have charming. to like rent it. Like you have to pay to watch it because oh, it's not on any streaming services. Oh, so if good. you're feeling like spending $4.99 plus tax, absolutely go watch it. Or I don't know, pirate it or something. But you didn't hear that from me. So um, this, this musical has had quite a life i would say it absolutely has like so it began as a, a manchester opera house production so it ran in uh for six weeks in the spring of 2011 yep and that's where uh casey levy started with the show yep and then uh it went to the west end mm -hmm. uh and it opened on july 19th 2011 mm -hmm. uh and then it kind of got mixed reviews but it ran until october of 2012 so you know, a year and a half, right? Right, almost. Yeah. And then uh, went to Broadway like during that time because it would have been spring. So about let's say maybe just under a year into the run in London, it opened in New York. So it was running in both places at the same time. No kidding. Which eh? is kind of unusual, but also I don't know. Like we've seen it before. And it's not. I have no trouble believing it as well when you look at the creative team for this. Yes. It's a lot of powerhouses not just in theater but in entertainment in general mm -hmm. um the book writer and yeah. some of the lyrics are is the um the uh, the writer of the movie as well so a hollywood screenwriter yes um 
one of the uh, one of the composers there, which is uh, Glenn Ballard, mm-hmm. is also a very prominent record producer, um, both yes. on Broadway, both involved with Broadway and involved with um, commercial music. Mm-hmm. Well, commercial musical theater is certainly not a small game. It kind of pales in comparison. It's just one small sector of the entertainment pie. Mm-hmm. So I think having people involved who were who had their fingers in lots of parts of the entertainment pie certainly yeah. didn't hurt. Right. Um, also, it's funny to say fingers in the entertainment pie in the time of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so all of this to say, yes. we should we can probably get started with talking about the book and music and lyrics. I would love to. Ooh, Let's okay. do it. <laughs> book by Bruce Joel Rubin, who also wrote the screenplay. Absolutely. And I don't know what else. A couple other screenplays, perhaps? I think so. I don't think any more theatrical things but i could be wrong the other um the other big screenplay that he wrote was jacob's ladder which is a it's a super spooky movie about like um, a a war vet who's having hallucinations (gasps) oh um i highly recommend it oh okay um, as an october movie for anyone listening right now it's really good and really weird good to know yeah it sounds like bruce joel rubin loves october it seems like it likes writing about ghosts and spooky (laughs) scaries yeah yeah um, music by Dave Stewart and Glenn Ballard. So Dave Stewart was part of the Eurythmics, ah, right? Was he ever? Yeah. Absolutely. Do you know much about his work? Um, other than really liking the Eurythmics, yeah. as uh, as you know well, and as I'm sure listeners know at this point as well, I love, love, love synthesizers and drum machines yeah. and the uh, the technology that kind of began in the late 70s, early 80s, mm-hmm. and can, has continued to this day. And obviously, Dave Stewart and Annie Lennox with yeah. the Eurythmics are a huge part of that. Totally. And I'm a huge fan of what they do. Other than that, Whatever. I didn't yeah. <laughs> I didn't know his name until now. I just yeah. knew that the Eurythmics were good. Right. Yep. Um, and I think most people would share that kind of a feeling. Totally. Um, lyrics by Bruce, Joel Rubin, yep. Dave Stewart, and Glenn Ballard. So the three of them together. Absolutely. Which I kind of don't hate, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Uh, music was arranged by Christopher Nightingale. Music mm-hmm. was also orchestrated by Christopher Nightingale. For him. And then based, of course, on the Paramount Pictures film written by Bruce Joel Rubin. And then Unchained Melody, specifically the yep. song, was written by High Zarrett and Alex North. It's so interesting when a movie is adapted into a musical and that mm-hmm. movie has a really iconic song or really iconic songs associated with it. Yes. One I think of really prominently is when they were adapting Shrek into a musical. Um, Shrek has... The... <laughs> Sorry. It's just funny that Shrek <laughs> is coming up in our conversation about ghosts. I know, right? Like... <laughs> <laughs> well, because, because Shrek has had such an iconic soundtrack it's it had freaking smash mouth on there it had um the proclaimers i I'm think i'm on my way i think from misery to happiness right? today absolutely they're uh-huh, scottish uh-huh, scottish uh-huh. band or british whatever they're irish aren't they oh irish. dear we're gonna upset a lot of people they are scottish thank you very much and the reason why i know oh, this yes! is because they are david tennant's favorite band and david <gasps> tennant is scottish as is producer daphne finlayson as yes. Is, so thank you very much. As you can tell from my thick as Scottish Williams. accent. As is co-host Jillian Willems. <laughs> yes. So we're actually now staging a war against Paul's people, the Mennonites, who already <laughs> said they're sorry. <laughs> yeah, a lot. If there's one thing we know how to do, it's say we're sorry. <laughs> um, it had the Proclaimers on there. It had um, that freaking Rufus Wainwright, uh, oh, Hallelujah, yeah. on there. It's a good Hallelujah. Absolutely. So when they were producing the musical to Shrek, I remember being like, well, geez, are, are they going to touch on any of these? That would be absurd. The amount of money that would cost is absurd. And of course, we know they ended up not doing that. And ended up actually hiring one of the best musical theater writers of our time, Janine Tesori, yes. to write a 
surprisingly great musical. I know. (laughs) (laughs) If I recall correctly, references I'm a believer a little bit. Yes. But that's it. Doesn't recognize. I think that shows up at the end. Yeah, I believe you're right. Bows or something. But doesn't reference any of the other music. That's it ostensibly works. I mean, the jury's out whether it's, I think it's personal opinion whether Shrek works or not. In my opinion, it was the right choice. Mm -hmm. So when you get to something like this that also has at least has one iconic song in it, Mm -hmm. it's like, what are you going to do? Right. Like the tourists are going to be coming. Pam from Idaho is going to be coming and being like... (laughs) I thought she was from North Carolina, but maybe there's also a Pam from Idaho. Oh no, Pam from from North Carolina um, had already bought her tickets in advance. This is Pam from Idaho. Who's like, what should I see tonight? What should I see tonight? Oh, I remember that. That's based on the movie where Sexy Patrick Swayze had his shirt off and um, that Righteous Brothers song uh, played. Exactly. And she's probably going to be pissed if the Righteous Brothers song isn't in there. That's true. And I would be too, if I'm being honest. Without that song, that scene is nothing. If you go look it up on YouTube right now, watch it on mute. It's not anything. You would be like, this is actually weird. Pop it on. (laughs) You're somehow both turned on and crying at the same time. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Yeah. So I totally know what you're saying. Yeah. Do you feel like they used it appropriately in this? I think this was really smart. Yeah, I think I it agree. was really good how they used it. Yeah, where they, so it was like thread through a little bit. Yeah, and always, always diegetic. Where it's, yes. um, oh, this is their song. And at, in the beginning, Sam has a guitar and he's just dicking around and playing totally. it for her. And then when it comes on on the radio at the end, or they in the second act, mm-hmm. it's like, oh... We know that that's their song. That's yes. very significant. But it never breaks the thing of like, wait a minute. Why are sometimes they singing and no one notices? Yes. And other times they're singing and it's all clear that they're singing. Totally. They keep that line very clear, which makes it very easy to swallow. Yeah. Other than Righteous, uh, the Righteous Brothers Unchained Melody. What do you think of this music? I don't like it oh, that much. Okay. Yeah. I like the way that they sing it. Yeah. Okay. But I... I kind of think it's, you know, a little bit basic. Yeah. I don't know. That's a good and call. I mean, that that's just the like pop rock nature of like the direction of the sound that they were going in. But yeah. I just it's not really for me. And I yeah, think fair. there was like oh, what's the ballad that she sings? Um uh, I left my, uh, my took days my dreams took my dreams with, you. with you. That song? Yeah. Like that one's beautiful, but then if I kind of just like listened, if I only heard the melody of it, I would be like, oh my God, putting me to sleep. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, so I love the way that it's sung and interpreted by the performers, but yeah, a little basic. I, I don't disagree, mm-hmm. especially on the subject of With You is what the song is called. Yes, that's it. Um, and with this, with apologies, to, I know a lot of the students at the Village Conservatory, Pastor um, present students, <laughs> I think that song's bad. I don't like, I've coached that song a lot. That was the only thing I knew about Ghost until recently. Yes. And a lot of people love it, love it, love it. And all respect to them. I don't think that's a very nice song. I think Mm. having, it's just these long soaring notes on a ooh vowel. You. Yeah, over and over. Which is just the worst. And it's constant. (laughs) And not only musically and um, physically is that not very pleasant to listen to, for my ear at least. Yeah. Content wise, just the whole Putting the um like the dramatic emphasis on the word you, right? Again and again, I think limits the actor, limits I think the performer. So yeah. <laughs> that said, yeah. Other than with you, I like this music a lot. Ooh, I'm tell in- me a few like specific things because maybe I'll agree with you. I like three little words. I like a. Can you I, sing that? And three little words. Oh, the one where at the restaurant. Yeah, the ditto one. Yeah, yeah. where he's okay, listing all the nice things one. he like. I I'm a sucker for like uh. 
a goofy pop song I was like, gonna, like the midway through drive. act one yeah which one did you just sing oh with a little bit of drive with a little it. bit of drive exactly yeah. so like um serious and legally blonde mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. charlie honestly from uh, kinky boots oh i no? couldn't tell what you were right. But yes, I know exactly. And to me, it does that at all. About. You know, if I'm being honest, I do think I can't recall a ton, ton, ton of the um, of the music, even after a um, a listen and a and a watch. But I definitely don't hate it. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely. I think it's functional. I think it's okay. Yeah, that's the music at any rate. Yeah. What about the lyrics? Oh God. Ha! Uh, uh, I really struggle with the lyrics because I. Don't, unless I'm learning the song, I usually don't listen super hard to the lyrics. Sure, and especially totally. in a musical like this where I don't feel like there's a ton of story in the music. Yep. Um, I tend to check out a little bit and yeah. only hear the melodies and the, you know, the Absolutely. orchestrations. So I was not pulled back in by these lyrics in any way. No, I agree with that. And as I'm thinking, actually, once again, I'll repeat, I like I like the music because, and it's also got this kind of nice 80s vibe. There's yeah, electric guitars. Yeah, which I like. Puts it in the, um, in the world nice and, uh, nice and easy. Much more than the lyrics, the performers are what's selling this for me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think. Um, there is a weird ghost rap. <laughs> that really threw me off. It's not good. But this is probably where Lin Manuel got the idea. Oh, you know what? I should do a- this, but presidents. Yeah, this, yeah. <laughs> this, but every founding father. Yeah. I don't think I knew how much ghost gave us. Oh yeah. My God. Everything. The word ghost. Yeah. Hamilton. I know. Calls up the Alex Slack and Marvel. Alex, I've got it. I've got it. <laughs> it's your coworker, Lin Manuel. Lin Manuel Miranda. <laughs> You knew the new sound you're looking for? Well, take a listen to this. And then you <laughs> took my dreams. No, with... Oh, no, it's the rap. I'm sorry. I'm a ghost, and I'm here Whatever. to say that I'm yeah. a ghost, and I'm here to say. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it's like. But anyway, so the ghost rap. It is our duty in, um, in answer to the, to the funding that we receive from the Scientific Institute for Musical Theater Studies to rate this on a scale of 1 to 10. Yep. So... Out of 10 playbills, how many monkeys would you give the music and the lyrics? Um, so the music would be higher than the lyrics, but combined, yep. I would say a four and a half or five. That's so low. Mm-hmm. That's lower than I would expect. Yeah. I think I'm a little more generous than you. Okay. I think I'd say a six. I don't know. It's fun. It's yeah. boppy. People sing well. Makes me happy. Yeah, I'm not mad at you yeah. for your rating. Okay, you well, I'm a little mad at you, rating. so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta talk about the book. We gotta talk about the book. So, in watching the movie, I was worried a little bit, like, yeah. about um, the adaptation, because we've yeah. seen this before, where it's, they will usually hire the screenwriter to... Mm-hmm. adapt it for the stage which i think usually is a smart move for continuity but it's not always a good move for the medium of musical theater to have your film writer do it mainly because they don't we don't always see a lot of understanding of the medium of musical theater from writers for film it's just not the specialty and i actually think that this is a very appropriate choice i think he adapted it really well i couldn't agree more um despite the lengthy and convoluted recap this show actually (laughs) 
follows pretty well yeah. for about three quarters of the way. Yeah, like it moves well. Yeah. We touch on things that really matter and that are important. And then the last quarter of the show, to me, falls apart a little bit. We mm-hmm. get to the point where Otome gets the check yes. and does a, I can't stress enough, a really long song that has <laughs> no consequence. Yes, About true. how she's going to run away with this money. Yeah. And then Sam the ghost says, don't do that. And she yeah. says, oh, okay, I won't. And then from there, things happen really quickly and kind of are feel rushed through. Hence, as we got to that point in the recap, me having trouble even remembering what goes when. Exactly. So I agree completely that it's a nice adaptation. And I think three quarters of it work really well, surprisingly well. Mm-hmm. I, I was enjoying it a lot more than I enjoy the movie. And then the last quarter, I was um, not very engaged at all. And that kind of yeah. hurt. Yeah. And that's actually kind of the way that I felt about the movie too. Yeah. So I don't, yeah, I would say that it's probably just yeah, like absolutely. the the fault of trying to wrap this kind of thing up. Like, yeah, like how do you end this? Like not everyone needs to die. Like maybe if Willie Lopez died, but yeah. Carl didn't, like yeah. Carl went to jail or something. Like maybe it's all the like, oh, and this bad guy dies and this other bad guy dies. It's like kind of, I don't know. Is that where it fell no, off for you? I, I know exactly what you're saying, and I think that's a possible solution. Mm-hmm. I would hypothesize that maybe the bigger problem is this whole money scheme the isn't money. actually the problem. Right, it's, right. It, it's, it's masquerading as the conflict, but the actual conflict is Sam wasn't as good of a boyfriend to, or a husband or a partner to Molly as mm-hmm. he could have been, even though he really oh. loved her. Yeah, see, I didn't get that at all. Well, because like, when you think of Ghost... Like, tell me what Ghost is about. It's not about a ghost trying to solve a financial impropriety crime. Yeah. It's about <laughs> Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore, right? But also, I think conflict, though, comes from from Carl. Yeah, absolutely. So It's not actually a conflict that he was yeah. a not great partner, but right. still really loved her. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, and also, with the way this musical is, like, I really thought they were super, super in love. Oh, which yeah. is why it was so devastating when he died in this absolutely. musical. Absolutely. That's the strength of it. That's where this is yes. working at its best. Ugh, I struggle with this. It, <laughs> I struggle I, with I it because exactly I really mean, yeah. like it, and I'm trying to think of yeah. what the like the pinpoint that main issue. But I I can't really f- find it. Is the main issue? It's a really charming premise. Couple in love. The guy's a ghost mm-hmm. and has to find a way to still express his love. Isn't actually a conflict. It's just a charming premise, and they didn't really add an engaging conflict to that. I guess. Right. Maybe maybe we just didn't like Carl enough in the beginning either. So then when he ended up being involved, it wasn't like, oh my God, I can't believe you would do that. Like the reveal of Carl being the bad dude wasn't big enough. No, especially because he's already been a douchebag at the start. Right. At the very first scene, I'm like, Carl, her partner's right there. What are you doing, man? Yeah, (laughs) so I kind of maybe wonder if that side of the conflict wasn't set up super well from the beginning. I don't know. Maybe it starts there and then it trickles. I wonder if, and this is going back to rewriting the um, original movie as well. Yeah. Another pitch would be, do you take out the financial impropriety just entirely? And mm. like the conflict is something to do with Otome? Because she's the other major player in this True. who's indispensable, but never really seems to find her place either in the movie. Yes. In the movie, it's just, um, Whoopi just kind of carries it. Yes. Um, by the strength of her performance. Yeah, by being totally. a totally bananas powerhouse at the height of her power yeah she also gives us uh the second most iconic part of this movie uh saying molly you endanger girl <laughs> yes! yes 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 
which has survived in gift form for yes. many a year. Absolutely. Molly, the danger girl. So that's the structurally. Yeah. Those are the problems that we're um, trying to solve for. Mm-hmm. Neither of us are dramaturgs. I'm, God, no. I, I have trouble identifying the a solution, mm-hmm. but I think we're both in agreement that the problem is this conflict is not engaging. Yeah, or it um, doesn't it doesn't have legs, you know? Because yeah. so you're like, oh, this could be solved real easily. To me, the musical was done after the uh, the pottery scene halfway through Act Two. Oh, sure. That was that's a resolution of that arc to me, and that's the only arc I was really interested. I see. In. Yeah. What about the uh, what about the actual dialogue? I I really liked it. Right. right? It yeah. moved at a clip. It Absolutely. was uh, funny. No, very few dumb Broadway jokes. Yeah. I. Listeners of this podcast will um, know by now I hate a good wink to the audience pandery joke. Yeah. And none of that in this. It none was great. It. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't call them smart jokes per se, but yeah. jokes that actually just sounded like things normal people say. Totally. Which is great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> actually, all of my favorite beats from the movie, like all of the funniest moments, all of like the best parts were in the musical, but almost like better written in yeah, the musical because I, I guess you know he had another crack at it and sometimes you see things over time and the audience has obviously changed a little bit yeah. so yeah no it was good I really liked it I think I beat for beat and I think you agree with me the, the musical is better than the movie yes absolutely I agree which is wild and not what I expected I can't believe all. I'm saying yeah. that but yeah I would I would agree with that so then out of 10 playbills mm-hmm. how many monkeys would you rate the book um, seven and a half, probably. Wow, 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 wow. Because even the, like, really good dialogue can't super make up for the weird disjointedness of, like, the end of Act Two. Yeah. And some of the other, yeah, str- the strangeness of the nature of the play. Absolutely. I'm going to say a little less. I'm going to say six and a half. Okay. Good things are it engaged me. I was interested. Mm-hmm. Um, And, you know, I'm a big dumb boy. There wasn't even any, like, <laughs> action or anything. It engaged me. You know what I mean? I was interested. <laughs> Cons would be, I was interested and engaged for three quarters. Yes. And then instantly, I couldn't care less. Right. So six and a half is where I would land. Great. Direction and choreo. Direction and choreo. Here we go. (laughs) Directed by Matthew Warchus, um, who's done a ton of work, actually. Matilda, Lord of the Rings. The epic the for epic the stage, Toronto, 2007. The Rings. So Matthew Warchus <laughs> is a really accomplished director, nice. um, and tends to I shouldn't say do like big spectacles, but he did a the 2001 revival of Follies. Oh, yeah, that's a nice and revival. then I also got to see his work in person. And which show? God of Carnage, which he directed. I love God of Carnage. Me too. Um, so anyway, yeah. yes, Great. he directed that cool. and a bunch of other things. I yeah. would uh, encourage most people to go and take a look at his um, CV because it's impressive. Yeah. Uh, musical director was David Holsenberg. Who's had an incredible career. An incredible career. A really uh, cool career. A lot of associate work, a lot of conducting yeah. work, a lot of, um, uh, a couple composing gigs. Looks like it, yeah. Yeah. Choreographed by Ashley Wallen. Associate director yes. was Thomas Caruso, and associate choreographer was Sonny Walters. So there's our uh, there's our team. Okay, we gotta start. We gotta start with direction. Great. Let's start with it. I like the direction in this. I think this is a well directed show. Yep. It's well staged. It works really well with the design, mm-hmm. and I think the actors find significant emotional depths that point to a healthy rehearsal hall led by a good director. Yeah. So there. Good. 
Yes. Yes. I agree. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's simple yeah. and good. Yep. And interesting staging. Yeah, interesting despite the fact that there's not a lot to interact with. Yeah. Like, I mean, of course there's technical things to interact with that give um people the opportunity to um find certain moments, but I think if they were able to accomplish what they did with the staging in the rehearsal room without the tech stuff, it's pretty impressive. I think I, it's really well done. I agree completely. I hadn't even thought of that, but of course with a set that's almost entirely projections, you don't have anything to interact with. Yeah. I didn't even notice. I was just impressed that it felt like they were living in a fully realized world. Yeah. 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 So it was pretty, it's like as a feat. Yeah. It's, it's really good. And I think the director Absolutely. has a lot to do with it. Absolutely. Not only, of course, like finding the right people to work with, but also the way that they run the room. Yeah. And I think it was, like you said, a good room. A plus stuff. I, uh. I have trouble finding any serious fault. Mm-hmm. It's certainly not the, I mean, we'll get to it in a second. The superstar, as we've alluded to a few times, the superstar of this production is the tech, yes. is the design. Mm-hmm. There's no question that's the far and away, what elevates this from being a 6 out of 10 yes. to um, something potentially much better. Yeah. Whether we've settled on that or not, we'll see. But <laughs> as far as the direction goes, it's almost like the direction is good, but overshadowed by the tech a little bit. Yeah, I could, I, yeah? I can agree with that. So for that reason... What would you give it out of 10 playbills? Mm, I would give it like a 7 or an 8. Oh, I think 8. I would, I'll, I'll get it on 8. Okay. Yeah, could you do 8? I can do 8. Oh, unanimous. Sound <laughs> Absolutely. Can we talk about the choreo now, please? Oh my God. I, I saw was this trying choreo. to avoid it. I was trying oh, to avoid it. I saw this it. choreo and I was like, I can't wait for Jill to talk about this. <laughs> Remember last year around this time when we, when we reviewed American Psycho? Okay, I, I'm i so glad you said that. Yeah, because right? Because honestly, all I could think about was American Psycho. And this with your arms? Paula's doing, <laughs> oh, what do you call that even? It's sort of like it's a It's like a seaman muscle thing with one arm one at a time. And then switch. Yeah. It's, it's like an Paula's 80s. doing like the world's slowest like bicep curls, but yeah. like... <laughs> Also to a beat and like Macho Man by yeah. the by the village people is playing in the background. Because this is what they do yeah. all the time yeah. throughout, they right? They're always like angles and poses. Yeah. And it's so weird. So I have one rule. Okay. <laughs> one, one rule that all of my students have to abide by. It has to do with the button of the choreography. Okay. The rule is what is the what when you say button of the choreography, ooh, what do you mean? The very last beat of the song, where we stop the movement for emphasis, same yeah. in music. Totally. Yeah. They match up. And the crowd goes wild. And everyone loves yeah. it. We love a button. So my one rule, because I usually let people choose whatever pose they want for the button, unless yeah. it's something really specific. Yep. But in the context of like a class, for example, I'll yep. be like, and then you do whatever you want on the button, something that you know, works with what we've just done for you personally, okay? Yeah. The rule is literally anything you want, but you have to be able to hold it. Right. Like, that is my rule. I don't care if you're holding your leg up to your face, just, but if, if you let go, you can't use that for your button. Yeah, it's treat everything happening. like you're going to get a five-minute standing note. So in this musical, I feel like every button, not just at the end of the songs, but the internal buttons, yep. the... The physicality had a lot of buttons to it, every, a lot of freezes and holds. Every time we end a, end a beat, whether it's a beat within the middle of a song or yep. a beat at the end of the song, mm-hmm. let's, let's call that a button. Yeah. Yep. So all of the buttons in this musical, I felt like Ashley Wallen gave people things that were not possible to hold. 
like the craziest things I've ever seen. Where I, I start to feel bad because in my mind, I see, for example, there's one mid-song button and I believe it's in Otome's last hurrah. That's yep. not what it's called, but that would be a great yeah, totally. sequel to this. Uh, Otome thinks show. about running Money. away with $20 million. Yeah. yeah, and they're all standing on these suitcases of varying heights and the choreographer has everyone hold their one leg up in sort of like a quad stretch <laughs> pose and like there are people, there are dancers, accomplished, gifted, amazing dancers mm. falling out of that pose. There is n- <laughs> like I'm just like, what are you in the middle of happening? a Broadway run? In the middle of a yeah. Broadway run, like that is not a kind thing to do. Don't do that. <laughs> you're, you're not going to get performers with looser hammies than you are with the, from those, right? <laughs> and then I go, okay, so that's something that is a bigger problem. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then I go, okay, maybe I'm just being unkind because there actually wasn't a lot of reason for choreo. No. There really wasn't a lot of reason for it. And so then I kind of trace back into that and I go, okay, maybe it wasn't anyone's fault because we didn't even need it. Let me ask you a question, Jill. You were alive in the 80s. (laughs) For six, seven months, but (laughs) I was there. I say this, you're like, what, eight months older than me? Yeah. (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Um, Was everyone in the 80s strutting around in suits with briefcases? Because it seems like every choreo for something set in the 80s is busy, 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 briefcase, 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 pose, yeah. pose, pose. Yes. Yeah. You have made a really good observation and I can speak for everyone in the yeah. 80s yes. when I say yes. Ah. No. <laughs> that was your experience but, but as my... an infant to a six-month-old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like the Berlin Wall fell and then everyone had suitcases. Yes. <laughs> Like, I can't. No, I I think that is our interpretation of the 80s. Like, it's our memory of what that time was. You and know? it's so wild because it was so, the choreo was so similar to American Psycho, which like, we reviewed identical. a year ago for um, yeah. our Spooktober musicals. Yeah. And is also set in the 80s and is very much 80s. And it was the exact same thing, exactly like you said. That's exactly it. I will say, though, I think American Psycho's choreo was better. Oh, I agree. It was more useful. Absolutely. Whereas in this show, it just didn't have any um, use at all. The one thing that American Psycho has on this, I would say. Yeah. American Psycho, um, although I'd love to tackle it again someday. I don't know if we'll ever get the opportunity. It's a bad show. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And whereas I think this is a good show. Yeah. And so I I wanted to see if maybe I was just being harsh about this because, you know, the things that you feel strongly about sometimes come across as like insult and Absolutely. I thought okay well that's not what I mean yeah, and you, <laughs> what I <laughs> and you as a as a choreographer if I've um, noticed yeah. correctly you have a love for a couple eras before that yeah um for very much um mm-hmm. kind of jazz aid style choreo so maybe yes. it's just not your bag so yeah and so I I was reading um the New York Times review of Ghost from who, who reviewed it Charles Isherwood oh that's sad that's too bad I, know. I mean Charles Charles is nice it's good to have him here yeah glad to have him back but it would have been nice to have the third co-host of this show back Ben Brantley dear dear friend Ben Brantley oh we miss you miss Where you Ben you at? um hope to hear from you soon yeah call us back please so, so what did Charles Isherwood say so Charles Isherwood <laughs> disliked it the way that I did Great. and wrote uh that it was uh, formless gyrations of Ashley Wallen's choreography. <laughs> the formless gyrations. Formless gyrations. People have said similar things about my dance moves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I thought, okay, well, that was worse than anything I would say. Because mine was yeah. more just like, do we even need this choreo? 
Yeah. And I I was inclined to agree when I was watching it and I was I called it even. I was like, Jill's gonna call this out for a poor use of ensemble. <laughs> um, That's rather, exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. This show should be four people, right? Or like yeah, five people. Like I think it should be, yeah, three or four people and I think they should uh and again this goes into our tech stuff but yeah. I think they should use the projections of the ensemble and then an ensemble to sing yeah this this is the first time of maybe a few that I'm going to bring this up if you mm-hmm. have an ensemble that big mm-hmm. why don't you have any dementors pulling people into yes! hell like in the movie we I was that. so disappointed that's the yeah. the one thing I really remembered from the movie um, was like these friggin dementors that come and drag the bad guys to hell yep and we didn't get that didn't get that you've got a bunch of ones put them in some robes they come only on had now. money for suits Right. Very good. They, they blew their suit budget and they yeah. were like, they were like well, um, where are the robes? We don't have oh, money. We spent sorry. it all on suits. Yeah. Darn. Too late now. Yeah. So with that in mind, out of 10 playbills, how yeah. many monkeys would you give this choreo? Like a three? It's gotta be, right? It's no good. It's no it's bad. good. I just, I feel so bad because it's like... The only good like, parts ugh. of it are the parts that incorporate the tech and I'm going to give those ratings to the tech instead. Yes, totally. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Ugh. So... <laughs> There's just one one little thing I want to yes, mention please. at the tail end of the staging section because as much as I believe these two roles straddle the tech slash staging side, yes. I think we should just quickly discuss them right now. Okay, hit me. The two credits I'd like to call out were the uh, Fight Direction by Terry King. Yeah. Which I thought was really innovative. There's a lot of fights in this and fights that are crucial to the plot. And a lot of solo fighting, which is yes. really amazing. Like, cause you're fighting with a ghost, but obviously, Absolutely. you know, there's nobody there. Yep. Um, and then also there was an illusionist on the production team. That's right. Paul Keeve. And I didn't even know, what did the illusionist do? What bits? So the bits that Paul Keeve yeah. uh, focused on were the things that were really ghosty. So there was some levitation stuff in the subway. Right. There was the going through the door thing. Oh, that's so Where he moves cool. through the door. Like, just I, some I really just amazing stuff. I just assumed that would stuff. just have been like tech and stage managers helping you figure that out. But Which, they actually got an illusionist to help you wrap yes, your head around it. And I think you would have been able to tell if it would have been the first circumstance just, that you um, talked about. Just tech like, people yeah. helping you navigate the tech, but not necessarily helping you with the selling of the illusion. Totally. Yeah. So I just wanted to call attention to those um, two oh, people because so cool. I think that those were really great choices to bring those people in and to have them really kind of tie up and clean it up, make it nice and... Yeah. Illusionists are so good. They're it's, so cool. It's amazing. It's an art form. And, yeah. I, and I just was so excited that it was honored in that way through this Absolutely. production. So yay. Great. Let's talk about the design. Yo! <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> give me the credits. Okay, here we go. Yeah. I'll give you, okay, I'll give you the credits and then I'm going to say please visit IBDB because yeah. there's a slew of associates and assistants Terrific. on this that I feel should be acknowledged as well okay scenic design and costume design by rob howell tony award just incredible lighting design by hugh vanstone tony award (laughs) absolutely sound design by bobby aitken tony award give me hair wig and makeup design by campbell young associates tony award well okay you got the drama desk yeah Moving Light Programmer was David Arch. Tony Award. Mm-hmm. Projection Design and Video Design by John Driscoll. Two Tony Awards. Yeah. Three Tony Awards. Incredible work. And then, like I mentioned, a yep. bazillion amazing associates Absolutely. and assistants. This okay. is Whew. far and away the best use of projection in live theater I have ever seen. Yeah. 
This is outstanding. Yeah. They create a world through um, through projection mm-hmm. and a world that feels does not feel projected. It doesn't feel flat. It feels nuanced mm-hmm. and three-dimensional. And it allows them to play with textures yes. that you wouldn't be able to play with in a 2D set no matter how expensive. Yeah. So all in all, I'd say it was like a 5 out of 10 on it. How about you? <laughs> <laughs> the moment that I realized what was happening in yeah. terms of like the tech stuff yeah. was like pretty much right at the beginning when yeah. they were in the loft for the first Absolutely. time or second time, whatever. Yeah. And the window gobo. Oh. And it was almost as if it was like, I guess the lights must have been coming from straight up, like I, in the fly. So yeah. it was like being shone straight down. And so it had this look of actually standing up straight like a window rather than being yeah. just a reflection from the window on the stage. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's beautiful and stunning. Mm-hmm. And then I started to realize, oh my God, like everything is basically a projection. Yeah. There's a few moments like that where it feels like you're looking through a window or through a subway to see them. Mm-hmm. And it actually does feel like you're looking through it. But because it's a projection, you can see clearly. Yes. So it somehow gets the best of both worlds of an actual feeling of they're on the inside of something. Totally. But also you're not missing any action. And that's, I think, the most impressive to me is the dimension. Absolutely. Because uh, it, it is difficult, I think. I mean, I'm not gifted technologically in any way. No. But... I can't even begin to imagine like how difficult it would be to create the depth that they created using projection. Like it's just, it, it's beyond me. Yeah. I would encourage everyone to find clips from the Broadway production. Mm-hmm. Don't look at the Tony Award performance necessarily because oh no, that don't. doesn't do it don't do of it. justice. But um, I'm sure there's plenty of clips from the Broadway production out there. Check it out and just dig it in because it's really good. I do have a question though. Yep. Do you feel that if we would have seen it in person, it would have felt like a lot? Oh, interesting. Like it maybe would have been too overwhelming in person? Yeah. Not for me. Okay. But I... Right, but you like that. I come, I come yeah, yeah, from I a, a rock concert background, <laughs> yes. right? I like, a, I like moving lights. I like to feel like I'm in a rock concert. Mm-hmm. I would take... I'm style over substance. Gotcha. Do you think so for you though? Yeah, I... D- <sighs> yeah. Well, okay, so I was weighing this a little bit because there are no sets, so it's not like there would be too much, like, stuff around. Virtually no sets, y'all. Yeah. I can't highlight this enough. It's incredible how yeah. few moving parts there are in a, this Broadway production. Yeah, there's, like, a door. There's, like, the pottery wheel and stool and then, like, a chaise. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, like, a, a table, maybe. comes in once in a while. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's not much. Yeah. And I feel like, so... If it would be heavy on the sets, heavy on the projection, I might feel that way. Yeah. But I think it's probably well balanced. So I don't know. But I think some people, some people felt, and by some people, I mean most reviewers, I think felt like it was just so much because it's not what we're used to seeing on a Broadway stage. Oh, that's so interesting. So Mark Kennedy from the Associated Press wrote of the London production. He said, quote, going to heaven looks really, really cool, even if the dialogue, see ya and bye is somewhat lacking. Right. Fair. <laughs> they say it like, as if that's your last line <laughs> to your love that's right. going to heaven. Like, you're just like, I don't know what to say. I guess, see ya. See ya. Bye. Yeah, peace. <laughs> um, for those of you just listening at home, producer Daph just did the move where she um, tapped her chest twice with her fist and then threw up uh, deuces. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was going to, on the subject of shows after this that have done this, mm-hmm. um, but in terms of stage shows, I was going to hypothesize 
did Ghost have to die mm-hmm. so that Dear Evan Hansen could live? Interesting. Because Dear Evan oh, Hansen sure. is a very heavy projection show, It's very right? similar in terms of the amount of set pieces as well. Was a Curious Case of the Dog in the Nighttime, a Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime, before this or after I this? I think before. Because that would have been another show that leans really heavily on projections. Right? Yeah. And is excellent. True. Curious Incident is 2013. Oh, so it's right after. So did Ghost Have to Die so Curious Incident could live? And then, and then Dear Evan Hansen. Hansen. Yep. I mean, maybe. Very interesting. Yeah, I like to think about this question. Like I the, think that's very interesting. The meeting of... Kind of As there's a bunch of clearly genius designers latching yes. onto this new, um, this new movement in design, I think Ghost is, there's no question, is one of the first to start using it in a really innovative way. Mm-hmm. That and maybe like the Sunday Revival before that. Yeah. That used a bunch of projects, Totally. Right? You know, nothing emerges totally formed out of the womb you know what i mean yeah as far as i creative ideas go that's so true so anyway those were just some thoughts i had and i'm it sounds like we're agreeing so well i was gonna uh, ask one one, (laughs) one honorable mention before we do the ratings yes there's also a bunch of treadmills on stage right yeah, so I, I couldn't tell. Was it two or one? Like, I thought there was one downstage and one upstage. I think there's two. Yep. Yeah, like I think conveyor belts. Two, yeah, conveyor belts, moving sidewalks. Yeah. At first, I couldn't even tell because I was like, are they just, are the dancers all doing, like, really good Michael Jackson moonwalks? Which, I mean, with Ashley Wallen's choreography, maybe. Right, like, not not impossible. But then later on, um, Sam, the actor playing Sam, also walks on this moving sidewalk. And I was like, it would be a lot to ask to have him do that convincing yes. of a um of a Michael Jackson movie. So walk. true. So it's gotta be we're pretty sure there's two moving conveyor belts on the stage that are very well hidden mm-hmm. and make for a um really cool effect that allows people to walk on the spot a lot yes. and create a real cool sense of motion. Yeah. Uh, like everything to do with the tech, it is excellent and yep. I love it and good for them. Yes. So, so out of ten playbills. How many monkeys are you giving these design elements? Like nine and a half. I know. Yeah, like... <laughs> it's nine, nine and a half. Absolutely. Easily. Yeah. yeah. Go watch it today. Thank me tomorrow. It's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, gosh. I, I don't even know what else to say. Um, It's rad. It's great. It is an example of what makes live theater so exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, is seeing these things right in front of you rather than having them just be movie magic. And I could not say enough good things it's absolutely rad let's talk about these performances so these performances perhaps we should start by talking about the people who are on stage the most so that would be um the actor who plays molly yep that's casey levy Levy. from hamilton ontario yeah i I didn't realize that. Yeah. We're probably, if we're going to play the Canadian theater game, we're probably only two degrees of separation away from her. I might guess, I to guess. one. <laughs> if we're thinking yeah. about our, our you know, I'm pals s- who have worked. I'm certain one of us have worked with someone yeah. who worked directly with her. And Absolutely. Casey Levy's been uh, in Broadway production since like 2002. So oh, I've known her name for a long quite, time. Quite an established performer. Yeah. What did you think of her um, take on Molly? Well, she's great. Yeah. She's excellent. Got she sound, she sounds voice. awesome. She takes a, a song I really don't like with you and uh, really brings a lot of life to it. Yep. I think in general, it's a bit of a slog of a part. I can agree with that. You know, it's mostly just, I'm sad my partner died, which is yeah. you're absolutely be sad your partner so. died, but there's not much of an arc, you know? Yeah. yeah. I'm sad my partner died. I guess his friend Carl is kind of cute, but I'm not really into it. Yeah. Oh, no, wait. He's a ghost. That's interesting. Yes. End of show. 
Yeah. <laughs> that is true. Uh, she does a nice job. She's yes, real nice. I yeah. agree. Our actor who plays Sam, yeah. Sam Wheat, played by Richard Fleishman. And I believe both Richard Fleishman and Casey Levy were in the London production. I believe that's correct. Right? Yeah. And I believe as well, Richard Fleishman doesn't have much theater other than this. Think so? Did I remember that correctly from reading his um, his bio? I He's a so. very good singer. He's great. Yeah. He's, I mean, the, the show rests very squarely on his so- shoulders. Yeah. He is the ghost. In the, the in the play, ghost titular role. <laughs> like without him, the play is sad, lady, <laughs> and skeezy guy. <laughs> yeah, I thought oh. I thought he was a little shouty, but then oh, sure. I thought, yeah, okay, I if I was a ghost and I was trying to make people hear me, I'd be I would be shouty too. too. <laughs> so I can't really fault him for that. Uh, I think he's charming. I think he's great. I think he really does the job. And what about Bryce Pinkman, who played Carl? Oh, Carl sucks. I hate Carl. What a bad guy. Which means he did a good job. Yeah. I thought he was good. Like, I liked his acting more than his singing. But he also didn't sing much, so I can't... I don't know. I think he he does a good job. Yeah. I think... But again, like, I don't know that there's much to really work with. Exactly. There's no no arc. Yeah. He's a bad guy who wants to hit on a lady whose husband just died. Sweet. (laughs) And hot take, that sucks. That's the opinion, you know? (laughs) We also saw um, the understudy for we the did. role of Oda May. Her name uh, is Moya Angela. Let's say, first of all, understudies are the best. Yeah. Understudies and swings and alternates, that's an incredible job. Totally. What they do is incredible. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. They save shows left and right. Yep. I've seen, I've had the opportunity to put up several understudies on shows that I've been on. Mm-hmm. And I've, including you, you've gone up. I've put yes. you up as an understudy. Mm-hmm. Um. And I have seen them do again and again spectacular things, yeah. incredible things. I wish I could buy every understudy in the world a year because they deserve it. <laughs> it's so true. I say that all because I thought that this performance didn't quite click. Do you think that's because, and I had this thought, because I know the person or know of the person who was originally supposed to play this role. Who is it? So her name is Divine Joy Randolph. A part of me just wonders, like, oh, I, I wish I could have just seen her performance of, of yeah. uh, Oda May. Yep. It would be pretty pretty cool. Not to take away from Moya Angela in any way, I just... Moya Angela does a really nice job. Yeah, solid job. Um, if I had to diagnose, it's obvious that she hasn't been living in this role with these people and she's just done her understudy run um, every week. Yeah. And that's not, there's no shade, no harm there. I think it's a great understudy performance. So another, I mean, we always like to call attention to the ensemble. Absolutely. They did exactly what was asked of them and this more. This is a good ensemble, man. They are clean. Yeah. They sing well. Absolutely. I, I, agree. I agree. They're singing There's, really well. Yeah. And I want to say welcome yeah. back to the podcast. Allison Luff from Escaped Margaritaville. Allison, it's good to see you. How have you been? <laughs> she was in the ensemble. Thank you for being here. And she understudied the role of Molly as well. Oh, wow, wow, wow. And then I go, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. So, yeah. A little yeah. fun little tidbit. Yeah. Overall, if I was going to rate this cast, say, out of 10 playbills, mm-hmm. for example, yeah. if I was going to rate it comparing monkeys to playbills, sure. I think I'd give it like an 8. Yeah, I and I, I have yeah, trouble I even so. identifying why I wouldn't go higher because I love, love, love it. I love, I don't feel good. So I'm not going to deduct any points because an understudy performance didn't quite click yeah. in a magical way. Mm-hmm. Because I'm, once again, I can't stress enough, understudies are superheroes doing superheroic activities. Yes. And um, 
they do great work. So I think eight and only not higher because I wish the show was a little more interesting. Yeah, so yeah. not necessarily the fault of the performances. No, exactly. But, yeah. But book and even music and lyric related. Yeah. Yeah. I let's agree. Say, let's say a solid eight. Yeah. 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 Are we I in would agreement? say nine. Fair enough. Very good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I respect that. Should yeah. we move on to the Tonys? Ladies and gentlemen, we have a new game for the Tonys. It has come to our attention that the Tony section that we were doing for the first season of Monkeys and Playbills was, quote... A total snooze fest. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> a little boring, and maybe we should consider spicing it up. Just for the record, I did not say this. I just... They deduced from how much I usually cut out of the Tony section. Yes. Um, but also knowing that talking about the Tonys of this year are the opportunity to talk about shows that people have heard of, which might, quote unquote increase podcast ratings and people <laughs> make people interested in listening to it. <laughs> so we're going to play a game where we're going to pick a few key categories and one of us is going to try to describe the winner in each category and see how few guesses it'll take for the other person to correctly identify it. So this is a new thing. We've never tried this before. We mm -hmm. came up with this idea 10 minutes ago. Okay. Okay. Let's give it a shot. So, okay. so trivia number one. Yep. These dead composers had a nomination for best musical. Multiple composers had a nomination for best. Should I guess the composers? It was one show. It was one show. Two composers, like a composer and a lyricist. And they're dead. Dead. Um, the Gershwins? Yes. And what so was the show? The musical in, what's the year again? 2011 slash 2012. 2011, 2012. And it's best musical, not best revival. Correct. Gershwins in 2011, uh, 2012 for best musical yeah. was... I can give you another Give me hint. another hint, please. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ferris Bueller. So Matthew Broderick was in it, is what yes. you're saying. What was Matthew Broderick in that the Gershwins wrote in 2011, 2012? Alongside uh, Tony, uh, I think nominated or maybe even winning actress who tends to do a lot of um, Rodgers and Hammerstein stuff. Um, This is a tricky one. It's, this is... Gershwins in 2011, 2012 with Matthew Broderick. How many words in the title? Seven. Seven words <laughs> in the title? Jesus. <laughs> this is hard. This is I'm really so hard. Sorry. Wow, wow, wow. Do what a want, way to start this game. Want, when do you want the answer? One He's, more hint. They performed at the Tonys and Kelly O'Hara held a firearm in her performance. And it's the Gershwins. I know. It's like a trunk show, obviously. Yeah, of course. I'm ashamed to say I don't know it. You're going to be so mad. Okay, hit me. Nice work if you can get oh, it. Oh, for God's sake, of course it was. <laughs> I saw, I watched that performance with Broderick. Yes. So that that took Best Musical? That no, didn't but it, it. Was a, it was one of no. the noms. Once took Best Musical this year. Once? Okay. Well, was it once? So the last, okay. Okay, did I just ruin the game? You ruined the third one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we're going to be your hints one. for once. I'm sorry. Okay, so my yeah. hints for once were... Remember at the beginning of the podcast when you said, quote, can you imagine a musical that didn't start with a blank stage? You walk in and it's already going on. It's so true. <laughs> I saw once on Broadway too, and that's what it was. Yeah. I got there and, and they were already, already playing. Happening. And I went and got a beer and I stood on stage and I was like, this is the best. I'm yeah. in New York. I'm having a nice time. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, so this is fun. you have to eat your hat. Because oh, that's okay. Can we guess all the other nominations? This is fun. And then, okay, I'll do one more. Okay. But... This one isn't necessarily about the best musical nominees. This okay. one's just about a couple more musicals that were in, in the, oh, the Tony's great, okay. eligibility. Okay. So two of these musicals we have covered on this podcast. 
Right. In 2011. Um, that was also the year of Leap of Faith. It was. Yeah, very good. Yes. Um, and also in that eligibility year, can you give me a hint for the other one? The worst car you've ever seen on stage. It's the one we just covered, right? It's not Bonnie and Clyde. It is. It's Bonnie and Clyde. It's Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, that's so funny. Great. Yep, I agree. So that means you've probably deduced that that was the year of Newsies as well. Because we talked about that a lot. Also the year of Lysistrata Jones. Yes, which we'll talk about someday, I'm sure. Uh, And the year of Spider-Man. Yep. Although not the year they performed. They performed the previous year. Right, but they were eligible. Even though they weren't eligible because they'd had this weird extended preview process. Jeez. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, good Tonys. Hugh Jackman hosted? No. Neil Patrick Harris hosted. Yeah. Yeah, Like, I mean, it's it's either NPH or Neil Patrick Harris or James Corden when you get to. He was in this Tony year, actually, One Man, Two Governors. I know. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> so, so this was a big year for original shows. Yeah. Eight yeah. new musicals and I think five or six revivals. Yeah. Including Evita with Ricky Martin, which I should have made into a question. Oh, absolutely. I probably wouldn't really have gotten it actually. Yeah. I don't, I'm not super keyed into Evita. Living Evita Loca? Living Evita Loca! Oh, if that wasn't the tagline, someone should have gotten fired. Snap. <laughs> Did Ghost perform at all? They did. And it was terrible. I remember. So they did this weird medley thing mm-hmm. of, so they had Casey Levy sing the Righteous Brothers song, like a bit of it. Yeah. In the restaurant, which, which doesn't happen. Yeah. And then they switched to the act one finale, which is, I think, right. just the three of them and then some ensemble background singing. Yeah. So it was a little odd. I think I looked this part up as well. Didn't the actress who played Oda Mae? Get a nom for best feature? Yeah, she did. But they didn't have her perform at all. Yeah, it's really odd. Very bizarre. But I guess because her character is so separate from like what people associate Ghost with in terms of... And I don't mean like Oda May as her own character. I mean the way that she's written in the musical as being separate in terms of her songs. I think that they were probably having a hard time choosing. Oh, that's Um, so interesting. And there were 14 new plays that year. Yeah, there was... Peter and the Starcatcher... Venus and Fur, like just so many. I can't, I can't. There was this chunk of a few years that kind of ended-ish with Bright Star and Hamilton. Mm-hmm. This, the most recent boom of new musicals yeah. that I bet we're going to see again in like a year or two now that we're back. I hope so. Oh, I, I virtually guarantee it. People yeah. have been stuck for Sitting two years to writing. Yeah. People have been writing. We're waiting for Sondheim's new musical. Right, first, we, were, we were talking about it off mic just now. Sondheim is back in the game. Yeah. Absolutely. But was he ever gone? Um, so- yes, for like 25 years. <laughs> So, <laughs> so that's a fact. <laughs> so all in all, all in all, Ghost was nominated for three Tonys. Yep. So as you mentioned, uh, Divine Joy Randolph was yes. nominated for Best Featured Actress. Totally. Uh, they were nominated for Best Scenic Design and also Best Lighting, yep. but it did not win any of those, which actually kind of surprised me. For Best Scenic Design yeah. especially. Freaking once took Best Scenic Design. Which is weird. And let me make it clear. I really, like really it. like Once. Yeah. Um, and I think it's best musical win is well-deserved. I think the design's like fine. Okay, so lighting design also surprised me, I think. I thought for sure Ghost would take lighting. Yeah. Because it was just so impressive. Yeah, so that wow. was that Tony year. Jill, we've done our autopsy. Yep. We've discussed the show. I think there's only one piece of information left before we can render our final judgment. Mm-hmm. Should this be a musical? Yeah. Absolutely, right? Yeah, I think so. Like, 
it's a better think, musical than it is a movie. I, yeah. I agree, especially for the current audience. Like, yeah. I kind of like it as like a musical. It too. I agree. Okay. Um, so it should absolutely be a musical. I think it deserves to exist as a musical. And I think it functions better as a musical than as a movie. Yes. But I don't think the movie has much rewatchability beyond nostalgia for the 80s and mm-hmm. early 90s. Yep. So we've got our information. We've got the score up on the board. Yep. This musical a flop? Is it a secret bop? Or is it so bad we need to make it stop? I think it's a bop. A secret I struggle with this. I struggle because I don't leave singing any of the music. But I think about it. I think about the visual aspects of it. Let me, let me pitch you something. Okay, pitch it. Ring, ring, ring. Ring, ring, ring. Hello? Hello, Jill. This is Mr. Mervish. Would you like to come and direct and choreograph Ghost the Musical for us? Oh, wow. That's, that sounds awesome. Thank you. Oh, okay. That's it's a secret bop. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, Click. wait. I, I just needed the money, though. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Ring, ring, ring. Ring, ring, ring. Hello? Hello, this is Mr. Mervish again. I want to check in. Are you artistically invested in this project or you just need the cash? Well, that depends. Who's my music director? Paul DeGurst, baby! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's so good to be back. It's great to be back. Thank you for sticking with our role playing and our dissection of this one that got away. You know, we got a note from last season and that was, there's not enough dumb bits. Yeah. So as you can see, we've gone all in. More butts, more business, <laughs> more bits. No, 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 no. Sorry, did we misunderstand the note? <laughs> no, no. No? Was it not more bits? No, no. Daphne, no. Producer Daphne said, stop talking over each other and don't do so many bits. <laughs> <laughs> which I cho- which we chose to receive as talk more, more over bits, each other more bits, and more, more bits. bits. <laughs> More butts, more bits. More. <laughs> also, again, I'm now getting little kitty kisses <laughs> from Miss Crumbs. As Baby always, girl. please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Absolutely leave a review. We love to hear from the people who are listening. Mm-hmm. Please send us an Instagram message. Send us a text message. If you send us something that you want us to read on the show, we probably will. Yeah. If you are a person who has seen Ghost yeah. in person, yes. live and in person, please, not a ghost, this musical, Ghost. <laughs> Actually, I wouldn't mind seen, hearing about both. If you've both. seen a ghost, I'm very interested. <laughs> Actually, I kind of want to hear about both. So, if you have seen Ghost the Musical in person or have seen a ghost in person, please, please get in touch with us. I'd love to hear your thoughts and feelings about it. One of my favorite things over the last year has been engaging with folks who have actually seen these productions in person and Absolutely. can give us a little bit more context and either agree or disagree. It's the most fun. Absolutely. Join us again in a couple of weeks. We've got one more podcast in our spooky October season. And we're going to talk about one of the most famous flops of all time. The bloodiest. Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. Just kidding. (laughs) I know you want it. We're talking about Carrie, y'all. And we're going to have, as a special guest, our very own producer, Daff, who's a huge Stephen King fan. Yes, I can't wait. Producer Daff, Airhorns go here again. Keep fit and have fun. Just kidding. Do you want us to do another 20 minutes, Daph? We can do another. Do we need more? We can do another 20 minutes. I think we need more. Okay. (laughs) All right. Thanks, everybody. See you next time. Hi, everyone. This is producer Daphne speaking. Thank you all so much for listening to Monkeys and Playbills, the show where we take a look at Broadway musicals that had 100 performances or fewer before closing. To learn more about the show, you can follow us on Instagram at monkeysandplaybillspod, on Twitter at monkeyplaybills, 
or email us at monkeysandplaybillspod at gmail.com. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash monkeysandplaybills. Monkeys and Playbills is proud to be a Village Conservatory for Music Theatre podcast. Original music for the show is provided by Paul Degers, and the show is produced and edited by Daphne Finlayson. Thank you all so much for listening, and join us next week where we take on the one, the only, Carrie the Musical.